that you know better Future in my hands, God, she had a plan Stronger than I know, soon I'd understand The power I possess, the story of the chosen Alright, we're back in orange, orange is the new black This is Bold Perceptions and I'm in the Insta capital of the world currently yeah, Tulum in Mexico I'm with the dude that I got connected with through one of my good friends down in Arizona, Mr. Cam Garlic, a loyal listener. Um, I'm very excited to have this dude on because he kind of encompasses the two things that I, Nick, love to talk about most. The one is uh, jumping out of the comfort zone, living life, being fearless, kind of nomadic, um, that type of energy. And then two, all the hippie shit. This dude is named Alex. He just made the jump to Tulum, doing a little digital nomad yogi type um, activities, and I'm very excited to get after it, hear his story, learn how I can be one with the world and, and meditate and all that good stuff. So Alex, can you shoot our listeners a little background? Thank you for having me, brother. Uh, yeah, so like the quick story, if, if I encompass the past 31 years. Better off saying nothing, nigga, as I sign on and dream on our vibes will all had one trip of a dream back in 2003. Into a couple minutes. Uh, 31. Yeah, man. Yoga keeps you young. So I, I'm from New Jersey originally, uh, moved to Michigan, and then just in the past year, a little over a year ago, I moved to Arizona. That's where I met your boy Cam. I've been teaching yoga for lifetime. I was one of the national uh, master trainer was was the title. So I went around teaching yoga to different teachers at different clubs, just helping them really understand our style and our brand. And it was amazing. I met so many people, had amazing communities. And then really this year, uh, obviously for everyone, shit got shook up. And uh, with the with the lockdowns happening, lifetimes were closing, I started to take more of what I did online, which at first I was really reluctant to do and resistant because I'm all about the in-person connection, all about really like face-to-face -face interactions, especially with yoga. That's, that's something that I, I really stand for. But I realized that online you could have really good connections and you could like share that energy and, and uh, feel like you're, like you're in person. So that was really a huge step for me. And then it just got to the point. I, there was a, a couple that's living here that we knew from Michigan that Bree and I were friends with that uh, moved to Tulum back in June or July. And we were like, let's just let's do it. Fuck it. Let's, let's take the leap. So our lease was uh, running out at our apartment in, in Arizona. And we just were like, yeah, when the lease runs out, we're going to go to Tulum. And, and here we are just the, the stars aligned. Right. But here's a good point. I want to hear your thoughts on it. Um, this COVID thing, you know, a lot of people bitch. Oh, 2020 is so bad. And you see the memes and, and whatnot. But in my opinion, it's going to be one of the best things that ever happened. Like you've seen, it went to the all online. You got a lot of people working remotely. They can, you know, fulfill their, their travel dreams while still working. I think it's going to result in a lot of good things and freedom. But the one thing I really got annoyed with is everyone just took it and let it slap them in the face instead of doing something about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, people die. It's terrible. But you got to take control of your own life. If you want the freedom, if you want the happiness, you got to move. You know what I mean? And you know, I was in a interesting spot. Obviously I was in the lockdown during Italy and they wanted to send me home and this and that. And Trump's like, Hey, I'm closing Europe and, and, and whatnot. And I stayed it out. Cause I was like, okay, it's probably going to hit America. So why not stay here, you know, and be free in Italy when this, this thing opens up and my gamble paid off. And I've probably been to what? 60 cities in 2020. You know what I mean? And everyone's oh, 2020 sucks. It's been one of my favorite years of my life so far. You know what I mean? And obviously I was blessed and in, in good opportunities and positions, but I put myself in those positions. You know what I mean? And it sounds like you, instead of uh, you know, lifetime shutdown in Arizona, you could have sat and moped and, and done something else, but you said, fuck it. And you took the jump. What are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, man, 100%. And that's something that I teach all the time too is life's always gonna have ups and downs, right? Doesn't matter how even privileged you are. There's a lot of people that have what seems like a really great, perfect life, but there's shit that happens to them too. And something that I teach is you're not a product of your circumstances and you're the one that can decide and take control of your life. And, and I think a big thing, and it's something also coming up with the election now where people are kind of freaking out about who the president may be and, and they're very divided there. Listen, when it comes, at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, your problems are usually because of you and your victories or your, you know, the things that you can celebrate in life are also usually because of you. So I think that's a huge thing that I've adopted and I teach is that life doesn't come at you, life comes from you. And you really are responsible for your life. And when you take radical responsibility for everything that's happened to you, even the things that seem like you didn't have control over, when you take responsibility for that, then you can start to create your future and it becomes your life instead of life just kind of, you know, being on the, on the reactive side, you can be on the proactive side. But it's easier to bitch and blame everyone else. You know what I mean? Uh, I love this thought process and I, I see it and hear it a lot from people like you, the yogis, the spiritual people, the manifestation type um, people. I like to think I'm one of those people. But uh, a book for anyone thinking that like, no, and I was born with this skin color, born with this and that is, is called How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World by Harry Brown. I've recommended it on this podcast many times. It's about, like you said, taking total control, responsibility, and there's ways around things. Like you said with the presidential thing, there's probably a couple points in your life that the president will actually affect you personally in your day-to-day life. If you go on Reddit and social media and get mad 24-7, then he's going to affect you a lot, whoever the president is. But maybe some taxes things, which you can get around, or maybe some other things. But like you did, you didn't want to sit in uh, the lockdown, I assume, in, in Arizona. You wanted to make money. You wanted to continue your yogi practice, make connections. So guess what you did? You took a jump and you moved to Mexico. Know what I mean? So there's ways around different things. I, I tell people this all the time. Like if you're if you don't want to wear your mask so much in America, or if you hate everyone that doesn't think you're the same way in America, then move. Go to Mexico, like we are right now. There's freedom here. I haven't worn a damn mask for a month. You know, I probably shouldn't say that, but I haven't. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Also, another big reason, like I didn't just move because of COVID and Mexico is free. One of the things that I realized was, and Lifetime was such a blessing for me. Like I love that company. company. Yeah, only have good things to say about it. But because I was doing it for so long, it, it, it really just became like in my comfort zone, yeah. you know, and nothing was, it wasn't really challenging me anymore. So I stopped growing. I stopped, uh, I stopped evolving with it. And I know, and I teach also like I, you know, practicing what I preach, the best way to grow is to get out of your comfort zone and moving to another country to Mexico, um, especially is just like something that's really outside my comfort zone. There's a quote from Terrence McKenna that really inspired me. The, the, the um, master, the drug person, the, he's the, always, <laughs> yeah. psychedelic, psychonaut. Psych- psychonaut. Yeah, psychonaut, yeah. psychedelic. I like, instead of drugs, I like to use the word entheogens. Entheogens are substances. The word entheos means the divine within. Okay. Entheogens are things that you, like substances that you take that help you connect to the, machine the divine. Go find the machine nails, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> so uh, Terrence McKenna, he said, and yeah, it's funny that we say this. He actually said the mushrooms told him this. So you can like go on YouTube and get listen to him talking. But he says the mushrooms told me this once, that nature rewards courage. And when you make a commitment to, to, to something, nature will remove all the obstacles, the things that, that feel impossible. And he says, this is what the great philosophers and the shamans and everyone that ever counted, this is what they teach and this is what they knew. When you hurl yourself into the abyss, like when you jump off the cliff, you realize it's a feather bed. And that quote for me was a huge inspiration. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hurl myself off the abyss and I'm going to see where I land. And so far, so good. You know, I've been here for like five or six weeks. The first month was definitely really challenging. Getting out of your comfort zone is going to be uncomfortable. Like that's by nature, you're going to have some challenges. But now I'm feeling more grounded. 
I feel like I have a community here. I'm making great connections and I'm starting to feel that like nature rewarding me and the synchronicities and like you said, manifestations, especially in Tulum, they're happening fast. I got a better quote for you. Fortune favors the bold. Mm. Bold perceptions, you know? Yeah, it's true true. though, you know, if you you have the audacity to do certain things like that, the universe gets behind you, little um, obstacles become even littler and they move out of the way. I love that a lot. Um, Something you brought up was the, you were starting to live in your autopilot comfort zone thing and you teach um, otherwise to get out of the the comfort zone with the the yoga and finding yourself and whatnot. I find that really interesting because a lot of people in this space, and that's why I kind of make fun of it and give shit, is uh, a lot of fake gurus, a lot of fake people saying, oh, do this and do that. And behind the scenes, they're doing you know, lines of coke and, and, and all that. And you see that here in Tulum. And the, Tulum, the, you see these people that are, oh, I'm so spiritual, like LA too, the people, some people in LA. And it's, it's like a, a smoke screen, you know what I mean? So I like how you brought that up. Um, you were starting to um, live how you preach, right? Yeah. Another thing is similar to what you're talking about is there's a lot of people in the yoga world that are positive vibes only. Yeah. And, and for me, that's there's something called spiritual bypassing where you use this phrase positive vibes only to ignore the the challenges that come in life and you they are going to come they are there's going to be unavoidable things in life that you know you're going to have to face and if you try to run away from it like positive vibes only and and shy away from the discomfort it's just going to make you suffer because you internalize it you don't express it and uh and one thing that, that I do differently than a lot of yogis, there's a lot of yogis that teach, even in their classes, it's like one hour of peace and it's super quiet and soft and, you know, just breathe and relax. And my classes, you come into my class and I'm like, fucking go into the storm. And, you know, I'm a big believer in seeking discomfort because that's how you become bulletproof. You don't become bulletproof by by shying away from challenges. You become bulletproof by putting yourself into uncomfortable situations every single day. And I think that is something that sets me apart as a yoga teacher because I, I do have these different feelings. And if you take my, my breathwork uh, experiences or my yoga classes, you're going to be uh, guided through the fire. Like Kanye, the song Stronger, you know, it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. And that's why, like, I, you read the, the Power of Positive Thinking, you read um, all those books in the past. I'm reading one right now called Psychosynetics, can't pronounce it. It was this plastic surgeon that uh, was doing uh, work on people, and then he'd, like, study them after. Like, if they had a new face, all of a sudden their, their self-image was totally changed, and their, their life was changed, and then he realized... Like it was way deeper than obviously the cuts and the knives. So we started like really focusing on um, the power of your own self-image and how to create it and how to like manifest it. And it's a fascinating book. But so I love all this hippie shit. I really do. I think there's some frauds in it. But then there's also a lot of people, the, a lot of the great people that that written these books that have done great things have talked about a similar mindset. You know what I mean? So it's not just hippie wacko stuff. And that's why I always like to relate it back to you know, real stuff and, and kind of like trailblazer type people. I remember, um, you know, Deepak Chopra, right? Yeah. So I met his, uh, his brother, Sanji Chopra in a cigar lounge. We recorded with them about a, hour, or a year and a half ago. And he's like a legend in Western medicine. You know, uh, Deepak is, you know, the Eastern guru and all that stuff. But so he's like a really good, the, the liver surgeon and um, he was the medical dean at Harvard and all that. But then he's like, Nick, no, I believe in, in uh, manifesting and the affirmations and, and all that hippie stuff. So I love like bringing it back into that for like the average listener or the person that, you know, looks and sees the, the L.A. guy that's talking about good vibes only and doing, you know, lines of coke, you know, every weekend type deal. You know what I mean? Because I think there's a disconnect with there and then people get turned away from it. But for me, it's been so powerful. You know what I mean? I've been doing a little meditation since I was 17. I do like hypnosis, manifestation, affirmations. But um, I don't know if I would have got into it if I didn't read like, say, um, Felix Dennis, How to Get Rich and uh, How to Fail at Almost Everything and Still Win Big by Scott Adams. So I like to try to like bridge the gap, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's also something that's happening more and more. There's a lot of scientific research now that's proving the, the power of 
of positive thinking or of, uh, there's something called heart-brain coherence, which is something that's really big. Manifestation is real. It's true. And, you know, it's up to you. You don't have to believe in it, but know that you are manifesting. You are constantly co-creating your reality. And that's why it's really important to take responsibility because you're actually not a victim. And the biggest thing with manifestation is not just how you think that creates your reality, but the way you feel. Look at who you are. How could it be? All I ever was to find some inner peace. so if you're trying to manifest something the best thing you can do is feel as if as if it's already happened I use the analogy, I use the analogy like if you go to a restaurant and you order food, you place the order, so you place the order with the universe, and you just sit back and you know it's coming. You're not like constantly freaking out about it like, oh, where's my food? Did I order this? I need to order this again. And No, you just order it once and you know it's coming. And that's the same thing with manifestation. When you have that confidence uh, that, that you are going to receive what you are worthy of, like when you feel that worthiness, you you get it, and that's super powerful. Dude, that's the whole um, detachment thing, you know, with the, the Buddhist, and you get a ton of abundance through detachment. It's crazy you say that, because um, I recorded Wonderlusting, a uh, dude in Fargo that's lived a pretty interesting life last couple of years, and he was, he was talking about that with the whole um, manifestation and affirmations. It's like a repelling magnet. If you're, oh, I need this, I need that car, I need this money, I need that, and it's like repelling you away from it. But if you already like have it, or you have the mindset you have it, like you said, it comes to you, the, abu- the abundance and the, and the attachment. But one point I wanna bring back, and I like how you did it, because you talked about taking full responsibility of your life. I think you said, um, you know, uh, whatever happens, take 100% responsibility. I think that was that Jocko, you know, the, the Navy SEAL guy, he wrote a book on that. Yeah. This is this stern, tough, you know, no-nonsense guy talking about the same shit that the Buddhists do, um, talking about this gamma mindset that we recorded with his off, this author of the gamma mindset about a year ago. And this dude, Chris Walton, made a book about what you were talking about with all the science behind it. Mm-hmm. Know what I mean? You got to read this book. I'll give you, I have like 100 copies. I'll give you one of those. But you're going to say something about uh, detachment? Yeah, you just you talked about how needing repels. Yeah. And I think we can see that most in our life if we look at, we've all been in a relationship or not necessarily like a, a couple relationship, but whether you are on one side or the other, if one person is feeling super needy for the other person and like, oh, I need this, I need this girl, I need that. They're, they're, she it turns No, yeah, it's, it's, it, that's like the biggest turnoff and vice versa. Same thing if, if, you know, if you're a dude and there's a girl that's like needing you, needing, you're like, nah, you don't want that. So actually when we let go of the need and the want, when we let go of the desire, that's when we become super magnetic. And, and it's really also just staying in your center and, and realizing that you are, you're, you're fucking powerful. And most people don't realize how powerful they are. The ones that do are the ones that you look up to and the ones that become the mentors and the teachers and the, the Tony Robbins of the life because they realize they're, they're powerful beings. Oh, totally. I think, we, yeah, we all are. You know, made in God's image, if you believe in Christianity or, or whatever other different things there are, we're all like that. We can become a, like a God or whatever. Enlightenment, right? And uh, I think it's obviously beaten out of us from an early age. You know, there's tons of studies about, you know, how you're raised and what they say affects your self-image, your subconscious, you know, all that stuff. But you can get out of it. You know what I mean? And I've kind of looked at it, too, as like, it's like, okay, the matrix, right? And we have to keep the wheels spinning, right? You know, there has to be people doing this job and that job. And if we all just went free and, and love and we're all the best... Shit would probably be chaos. So it's on you, the person, to get the hell out of the matrix and make ways. But with that, there's a lot of bumps. There's a lot of bruises. You get slapped in the face. And uh, that's why I want to get into now some practical stuff about you making this big jump. Know what I mean? Like people are like, you're crazy. The cartels are going to get you. You don't have enough money to do this. Like how did you make this jump? I mean are you that special? Can anyone do this? I think that anyone – can do it, but it does require a certain level of certainty. 
you have to believe in yourself. If you have self-doubt, and that's something I actually sat talking about hippie stuff in a men's circle yesterday, which is super, <laughs> super important. Like we need brotherhood and we need to be able to really be open and honest with each other as you men. Did you crying together? There were some people crying. <laughs> there were some people crying. And it's so, it's so important though, man, because like men especially, we suffer in silence and there's so many depressed men because we feel like, oh, you know, we need to be stoic. We need to be tough. And like you said, at a young age, we're taught these things that stick with us, like men don't cry. And actually the most powerful men do cry because they are able to express themselves or, or get angry or whatever it is. Um, but one thing you need is this certainty because if you have doubts, then as soon as, you, you know, most people experience it when they make jumps like this, family members or friends, they're like, what are you doing? You are not good enough or you don't have enough money or the different examples you just gave. And if you have some doubt, then other people's doubts, they like open the door and you know, they open Pandora's box and it'll fill you with fear. And one of the biggest things with taking a leap is you have to realize there might be some fear, but you have to do it anyway. And, and you have to have that certainty. So I think that, you, that anyone can do it, but there are things that you need to practice to, to get yourself ready. And I keep using the word bulletproof or, or boundless. Um, those are things that, that I believe you need to practice to be able to get out of your comfort zone, to be able to take a leap like this. Um, a point you made with the Pandora box, like someone says a comment and then you let it all come in or as in Pandora box, it all comes out, right? But that's a good point. They're like sticky comments. And I think some people heard something from someone in middle school about how their feet looked and they've been insecure about it their whole life. Like it can just stick. You know what I mean? Can you as a yogi give, uh, give us some practical tips on not letting that Pandora box go wild and let you know, your whole world and image of it change because someone's comment that they, most of them probably said it like didn't even, weren't even trying to be mean type deal. It was just happened. Yeah. One of the big things that I've been teaching and I'm leading a breath ceremony tonight. And one of the things that we do is we go back to like when you were a child and, and when you're in this state, like this subconscious state, because you're breathing so intensely, Mm -hmm. you're able to, to kind of come to a place where you remember when you started to create that doubt in yourself or that feeling. Because we know if we, you spend time around a little kid, little kids don't suffer. You know, when a, a one-year-old or a two-year-old, they don't suffer from psychology. They don't suffer from ego or judgment. But at some point in life, some walls were created because someone said something. So doing the shadow work, that's, that's what we call it in, in the yoga world, but it's not just yoga. Shadow work is facing the parts of you that you typically hide from. And when you, when you go face to face with those things, you start to realize that the, the monsters under the bed, I'm using it as an analogy, like they don't have to be that scary, but what it takes to, to realize that the monsters aren't scary or aren't dangerous is you got to go under the bed with them. Like you have to see it face to face and just get real of like, why am I like this? And, and you might realize, oh, I'm insecure about this thing because someone, when I was seven years old, said something. And then you look at it and you're like, that's actually so fucking silly. You know, I don't need to have that insecurity anymore. And as a seven-year-old, maybe I did. Maybe I felt like I needed that to protect myself. But now you start to realize I don't need those walls anymore. And I can, I can move on from that. But until you face it, if it stays in the darkness, it's always going to be there. And it's going to be that like, you know, where you'll, you'll be afraid of the dark. You're afraid of your own darkness. And when you do the shadow work to see it face to face, you start to alchemize it and you realize that, hey, those fears or those traumas or your, your mess becomes your message, becomes your purpose. See, this is what I love too, because it goes back to the, the making the jump and then the, the fear is like a feathered pillow, you know? And I mean, it's when you face it and you're like, oh my God, this wall I put up for so long that to protect myself, like I don't need this no more. I can jump over it, put the ladder over it. But this is what I, I always like to do with these recordings is like show that, that uh, real life example with these nomads and these expats and then mix it with the hippie shit. You know what I mean? Because it, it makes sense and it's all right there. And this is why I love the people that actually do it though, like that have action behind it. Cause a lot of the, hi- the hippie people, you know, are just like, oh yeah, kuna matata, smoke some weed and all that. They don't do nothing, know what I mean? And you look at the business leader that actually went and did it, know what I mean? And I think if you balance both of them or put them together, 
you know, that's where the magic happens. But like you said, the Tony Robbins and the leaders of this world and the business titans and the big authors, like they are using these principles that, you know, the hippies and the yogis are all kind of teaching, huh? Yeah. If you look at it, really, every, it, everyone's sharing the same truth. People aren't creating too many new things. Even the, the thought leaders of the world, they're, I mean, it's recycled. Why yeah, it recycled? it's all recycled. Humans have been around for a really long time. So it's all the same truth that, that a lot of the yogis are living by. It's the same principles that, you know, think and grow rich, Napoleon Hill type stuff, law of attraction, Marcus Aurelius, Marcus Aurelius, it all, it all connects. And looking at that, realizing if you live by these principles, if you live by the truth, you don't have to fit into a certain label. You don't have to dress a certain way. You don't have to be a hippie or an entrepreneur or whatever. Like if you, you can live by these principles and you will be successful and you don't have to change everything about yourself. I've heard this a lot and it's something that I've taught. You don't have to change necessarily what you're doing to be successful. You don't have to change your job or your relationship. It's not what you're doing. It's how you do it. That's the biggest thing that I think spirituality teaches. There's a famous Zen quote, before enlightenment, you chop wood and you carry water. After enlightenment, you chop wood and you carry water. Okay. So you're not doing things that are so different. Yeah. It's just the way you do it is different. You're more present. You're more centered. You realize you're more gra- uh, grateful. You realize that just, just living, just being alive is a gift. And when you get into that pattern, so even if you're super struggling and you feel like you're in a deep, dark hole, if you can start to get into the pattern of gratitude, like I said, feeling is manifestation. So if you feel grateful, the universe is going to give you more things to be grateful for. And the things that you focus on, they just expand. So if you're always constant, uh, focusing on or concentrating on the things that are beautiful in your life, you're going to expand that. If you're always complaining, you're just going to get more shit to complain about. Yeah, a lot there, a lot there. The awareness piece is so big, and that's where something that totally changed my life is uh, affirmations. And a quick example is like, I am healthy. You know, I write that down 15 times. So then it's kind of stuck in me. I write it right in the morning, so I got my theta waves going. Know what I mean, it's dug deep in my subconscious or whatever. If you write it and say it out loud, you know, it's even more powerful. But then, so throughout the day, it's like, oh shit, I'm not going to go to that McDonald's. Like, let's get a salad. Know what I mean? It's these subtle little things. That going with the uh, gratitude too. Gratitude is ridiculously important. Know what I mean? Like you, at the beginning you said uh, there's some, some people that you think have it all that are depressed and all that. We had a, a, a girl named Anastasia on. She was a model that lived in Milan, Paris, you know, all these different places, had everything she wanted, blah, blah, blah. And she was most unhappy ever. Now, now she's in New York City doing yoga. She's getting to the end of her model career, but she's happy. She's like in a, in a good place. And it goes back to like people thinking, why well, I need this money or I need this to be happy. But if you've done enough traveling, if you've seen these different cultures, even here in Mexico, some of these families are dirt poor, but they're, they're still loving life and they're happy and they're smiling. A lot of the happiest people you see are the ones that don't have much. Now what I mean? It's that, that gratitude. Let's get practical. How can you practice gratitude? Um, um, and we were just uh, discussing. I know a good exercise I've done is with my family in a little uh, WhatsApp group chat. Like right in the morning, one thing you are grateful for. Know what I mean? And like you said, I think your awareness becomes bigger and better. Like, damn, I can walk today. Like, I can, I can work out. And, and, you know, and, and I'm in freaking Mexico and the sun. And, and it kind of builds, right? Yeah. For me, my gratitude practice, there's a couple things I do every day that are super simple. First thing is gratitude is when I wake up in the morning and that's something now I've practiced for a while. So it's a programming for me. First thing I do when I wake up in the morning and like literally before I even get out of bed is I just say to myself three things I'm grateful for. And it's a really powerful way to start the day. Uh, there's been times in my life and I still do it sometimes where I fall off where I'll like look at my phone first thing in the day and that, that just sets you up for, for more of that. So when you start your day, get out of bed and just what are three things that you're grateful for? That's really powerful for me. And also we're creatures of habit and pattern. So we, le- we learn a lot of things through patterns. When I meet new people or maybe when I'm checking out at the coffee shop, something I do really often is I'll ask somebody, what's one thing you're grateful for today? So I actually ask other people what they're grateful for, but that just helps me stay in the pattern of gratitude. And that, that for me is a, a super powerful, powerful practice. I'll tell you what, that's big too with that human connection. You know, you might meet a new person and it leads to this place and that place, but those little comments too, like I always 
like to go up to someone like, wow, I love that, uh, those pants. You know, where'd you get those from? And like we talked about those sticky comments, that could stick in their head for the rest of the day. You know what I mean? There's no way that energy doesn't, you know, maybe come back to you or you put that good shit out, you know, in the world, but it makes you feel good. You know I mean, you feel like you're giving and, and, you know, happiness and whatnot. Yeah. And you talked about Deepak Chopra uh, earlier. Deepak Chopra was really one of my biggest teachers that kind of sparked a spiritual awakening. Have you met him? Haven't met him. I'm going to hook you up with Sanji and you can maybe get a meeting or something. Would be amazing. <laughs> uh, and, and honestly, too, he was really a big teacher at a pivotal time in my life. I haven't followed his work as much lately. But when I was 18, I read this book, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. I uh, highly recommend it. It's maybe 120 pages, super easy read. One of the laws is the law of giving. And he says it could go be like the law of giving and receiving because everything in, in the universe has balance. And he says for one hour, for one day, and eventually it becomes for your whole life, everyone you come into contact with, give them something, whether it's a compliment, a gift, a positive wish. And when you start to get into that vibration too, where you're like living from a place of service, it's another thing that that nature and the universe rewards so much. You feel so good. And I say this a lot. If you're struggling, if you're feeling down or depressed, give from your heart, be of service. And it is the fastest way to raise your vibration. A great example of that is um, like when you were a kid, you used to love to get presents at Christmas. You know, it was the coolest thing ever. And as you get older, like you can't wait for your little cousin to open this up or or your mother, you bought some cool little thing, and I think you get higher um, giving. Like, uh, yeah. I was higher giving recently than I was when I was a little kid, you know. Oh, I got my PlayStation, you know. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And, and the receiving part, we start to realize, or this is something that I've realized as I've gotten older, is I don't really want to accumulate more shit, <laughs> you know? Like, it holds I, you back. Yeah, the, the more stuff you have, and that's something that I've really seen moving to Mexico. I'm happy I didn't have too much stuff. I see I, a couple suitcases behind you. Yeah, for sure, for you sure. Got, got we, 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 brought a, we brought some stuff here, and especially leading ceremony, and we brought like lighting equipment and stuff. But even, even there's a, we have a storage unit in, in Arizona too. And I realized that the more shit you have, the more it weighs you down and, and the more it, it, it has you stuck. There's a, a story that I learned from, from one of my teachers. And he said that you would, uh, it was an expedition, either uh, climbing the Himalayas or Mount Kilimanjaro, this big mountain. And these Sherpas would, would greet you, the, the ones that help you get to the top. And they said they would know who, as soon as they got off the plane, who would make it to the top or not by how much baggage they carried. Like literally how much shit they brought with them on this, on this trip uh, determines a lot. And your external surroundings is a reflection of, of what you have inside. So if you look around right now, wherever you're listening to this, and you have a lot of shit around, if you have a lot of junk, then you probably are carrying a lot of junk in you too. And yeah, that's just extra weight. So I realized the more, and it's what yoga is too. Yoga is not about accumulation. You know, you're not trying to accumulate more and more. It's actually about like getting rid of stuff, lessening stuff. And then you realize that abundance and happiness and joy, those aren't things that you have to accumulate or create. Those are things you just tune into. And you have, yeah, you already have it. The, The whole minimalism thing, especially if you travel, you get really into it last couple of years. It just all of a sudden you go to to more places with less and less and less. Because as you see, you'll probably look back and like, I don't need anything in that storage room. You know what I mean? You'll probably get rid of it. But it got to the point this summer, I was on the road for three months in in Italy, you know, after this lockdown. And all I had was the little travel suitcase, you know, the little one. And I was fine. You know what I mean? And I came back to America for a little bit, sold like 80% of my shit. You know, you don't need it. But when you're in, um, for sure, the consumeristic culture of America, which I think is good and bad because it allows people like me and you to live like kings down in Mexico because how good our economy is, right? But when uh, you're in that cycle, like the matrix, you don't know until you do it. You know, you think the, the stuff around you makes you happy because, you know, you need the bigger TV. Like, why else are you working? And now I need the new car and all that. But it's, it's when you experience different things or step out of that little matrix thing the comfort zone, you learn a lot more and, and, and whatnot. Yeah. And a lot of, especially in the U S there's so much unconscious consumption 
where you're just trying to get more and more and more. And, and that's why we're seeing things like there's television shows about hoarders, right? And most people have at least like a drunk drawer or a junk closet or a junk room or attic, whatever it may be. Um, we're seeing more and more people that are actually obese because they're consuming so much, they're eating so much. And it's, it's this counterfeit pleasure. Think about when... It's a quick hit of dopamine. Quick. Yeah, quick hit. Think about when you, when you buy something. Say you want to get a new pair of shoes or a new car. There's a lot of excitement leading up to getting it. But then once you have it, like five days later or a week later, two months later, it's, it doesn't really bring you much pleasure anymore. And the, the longest lasting pleasures are definitely not found in things. They're found in a being, creation or meaning. Um, those are really the things that we should be putting our energy towards. Yeah, um, things end up owning you for sure. Um, there's no fulfillment in those. Um, I, it is like the quick, uh, you know, pulling the slot machine, you're getting that dopamine hit, and after you're like, fuck, I just lost, you know, $100 throughout the night. Um, that, that consumerist culture, like I brought it up many times, um, is, is really good though, because if you can take the pros from it, you know, we live in the best economy in the world, America, and that's why we're blessed to come down here and do that. But just don't get caught up in the negatives. You know what I mean? I bet that's some yogi preaching and, and all that. There's with the yin and the yang. There's good and bad and everything. You know what I mean? And, and you got it. She had a plan stronger than I know Soon I'll understand the power I possess The story of the chosen Take the pros and, and limit the cons Yeah, one of the pillars that I have So I have like five pillars of optimal living And one of the pillars that I have is conscious consumption Consumption is not just what you eat or what you buy, but also what you're watching on TV, what you're listening to, what podcast you're listening to, what your friends are talking about, like what your circle talks about much or most. And that's super important because you become what you consume, not just food, but the, yeah, the energy that you, that you take in is so important. So when you're constantly, you know, watching, I know so many people that are just binge watching some bullshit and, you know, they watch Bravo TV all day. That's super dramatic. And they're like, yeah, like my life, I just have so much drama in my life. And it's like, well, yeah, look at what you are consuming. Look at what you're watching. Look at what you're learning from, especially TV. TV is called programming and that's what's happening. You're being programmed. TV, television, you know, and, and we, we really take that on. And that's something that in my practice more recently, in the last few years, I watch less and less and less TV and I feel more and more clear. And I feel like the things that I, my beliefs and thoughts are more from intuition rather than just what I pick up from external sources. 100%. It's the whole subconscious thing that, you know, me and you right now, this is probably like our 5% conscious being. We're speaking back and forth, but everything going around and, and how this came to a point and the words kind of coming out are subconscious. Know what I mean? And your subconscious is a freaking sponge. And if everyone's like, oh, it's not affecting me. And there's a reason advertisement is a multi, multi trillion dollar, you know, industry because it works. Know what I mean? And, but then there's a pro to this. So, okay, how can I hack into it? That's my big thing. That's why I started really getting into it about five years ago after I read Scott Adams's book, How, I F how to Fail at Almost Everything and Still Win Big, talking about basically how we are kind of like a robot. You know, we can program this and that and, and uh, get deep into the subconscious. And I know all these authors and all the, the people talk about the, the subconscious. And I know you probably know a lot about it, huh? With the yogi stuff? Yeah, subconscious... Most of what you do, I think you said it, 90% of what you do is based from your subconscious. So when you can hack your subconscious, that's really how you change your life. You know, you don't really change your life from the conscious uh, thought pattern. And it's the, the subconscious, you think about it, it's like grooves in your, almost in your brain. And when there's grooves, that's where it's easier for the energy to, to follow those grooves that are already made. So we have to rewire 
our brains. We have to rewire the, the subconscious mind. And uh, like you said, affirmations is a really powerful way to do that. Habits, building positive habits, creating rituals. Um, for me, breath work has been amazing because when you really go deep, breath work is like a, a psychedelic experience. Plant medicine is also something that's that's helped me access the subconscious. I believe it's a there are some master teachers that can really get you to those deep levels where you start to see, whoa, I am this way because of this pattern that I keep doing, or I am this way because it's something that I've taken on in my lineage, right? A lot of our shit that we deal with and our problems are the same problems that our father and mother have dealt with and, and their, you know, and our grandparents and their parents. And we just keep passing the same trauma along down generations. One thing that I'm here for is to break those patterns in my family, to break the self-limiting beliefs, to break the fears, all that shit that, that's been passed along um, yeah, I, I don't want to pass it to my kids. I like that a lot. Plant-based medicine as in, you know, psychedelics and Mary J, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and food, like you said, yeah, you know, yeah. that food plants are our medicine. But um, for me, I would say one of the most impactful experiences in my life have been, has been a, a mushroom journey, you know, psilocybin when I was 21 years old. So it's like 10 years ago. And I'd say that that's, there's probably like, that's a top five event in my life that changed the course and the trajectory of my life, mostly because it changed my paradigm. It, it changed the way I believe in things and, and the way I see the world, and it changed my subconscious mind. No, I think um, tripping and all that kind of stuff, deep meditation is how you really program that subconscious. And like you talked about in your breathing exercise, that, that's where you figure out that girl that made that comment to you when you were seven years old, that's why you brought the wall up. Know what I mean? Like you're, you're diving deep into the subconscious, not in this conscious-based reality that we're talking in right now. Okay, beautiful stuff. We've talked a lot of good stuff here. Um, now let's just bring it really practical to finish it out because – this is the problem that I kind of have with some people and a lot of the, the people that aren't really into this space have. So oh, you're just, you know, mind wanking and you're saying all this shit. So let's what practical things could someone say, you know, turn this podcast off right now and start doing with whether it be the breath work, um, the affirmations, you know, the gratitude exercise. Let's get specific. Yeah, beautiful. If there's one thing that people can do to change their life, it's to start getting aware of how they're breathing. There's a, a really amazing book. It's by James Nestor. It's called Breath, the lost, sci- I don't know, science of a, something about the lost art and how we've forgotten how to breathe. And breath is something that you do 20,000 times per day. Most people think if you're breathing, you're good. If you're not breathing, obviously like you're dead. But actually the way you breathe matters a lot. And there's so many uh, diseases that are brought upon because we're not breathing properly. About 50% of uh, Americans have breathing issues. And things that we think are normal are actually problems from, from breathing, from not breathing right. So things like allergies and asthma and snoring and sleep apnea, all of those issues arise from not breathing properly. The proper breath is breathing through your nose, first of all, huge, breathing deep into your diaphragm. So using the entirety of your lungs instead of just really breathing shallow. So if you're listening to this, you can even do an exercise. When you take a deep breath, your chest and shoulders should stay down and you should feel the breath expanding in your low ribs, your low belly. That's really where you should feel it. When you start to breathe consciously, you become present. When you're present in your life, everything gets better and it really starts to be this more intuitive way of living. And it's one of the best ways to get out of your thinking mind and out of analysis and constantly like editing and analyzing and sanitizing shit because our minds, it's not a good place to live. Like you don't want to live in your mind. You want to live in, in, in presence, in reality. Most of the time it's in the future and the past, your mind, you know what I mean? Totally, 100%. So I think the biggest thing you can do to change your life is start changing the way you, you breathe. I actually recently just launched a course called the 21 Day Breath Experiment, and it's 
21 days modules of like 15 to 20 minute uh, breathing exercises. And as you breathe, and it's beautiful to have those 15 minute breath exercises, but really what's most important is, can you consciously breathe while you're driving? Can you consciously breathe while you're eating? Are you consciously breathing while you're having sex, right? Because all these things, last longer, (laughs) everything gets better. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, that's like the yogis. Uh, I forget who it is. The, there's a, like a rock, a rock, uh, rock and roll singer who, who's into yoga, uh, sting stings into yoga and he can have sex for hours and it's because he breathes, right? Everything you do, you become more efficient when you're breathing properly, So proper breathing broken down through your nose about five seconds in, five seconds out and start to do that. That's the, that's one step that you can take to change your life. Yeah. I mean, just practice it, start five minutes a day, keep upping it, you know, and then hopefully it becomes a habit totally. But that, that's a big thing. And thank God meditation taught me that because I do believe it's way beneficial for living in the moment. 100%. Okay. Breath. Let's hit a couple more. I love it. Yeah, so breath is a, is a huge one. Moving your body, right? Because if our bodies don't feel good, if our bodies have dis-ease, then we can't really focus on anything else in life. So that's a huge problem with, again, Americans and, and our Western culture, our modern culture, is we're sitting down for so fucking long where our heads are down because we're looking at our phones and it starts to really take a toll on our bodies. So moving your body every day, even if it's only 15 minutes, and whatever it is, it doesn't have to be super intense. You don't have to like lift a shit ton of weight or, or run eight miles, but go for a walk, like get up, stretch your body, uh, moving your body and especially changing the movements up. Another huge thing that you can do. So whether it's yoga, whether it's walking, whether it's taking a, a, you know, going cycling, but also vary it. You know, if you're a yogi, go lift some weights because yoga, too much of anything is bad for you. Too much yoga is going to take a toll on your body. If you're just lifting weights, then go fucking stretch because too much lifting weights, again, it's going to take a toll on your body. So varied movement, dynamic movement, another big one to add to your life. Balance. Like you said, the yogi has got to go lift some weights and, and all that too. I like that. Balance. One more, boss. I know you got. he's got a rebirth ceremony that I think I should probably go to. I'm worried the Collectivo won't get me back in time, but one more, one more practical thing. Yeah, one more practical thing. We hear a lot about unconditional love. It sounds like, again, super hippie. Uh, and I don't even use that so much. I really believe get to the, the place where you can be unconditionally grateful. And the way you do that is to realize that everything in life, if it's bringing you joy and happiness and pleasure, beautiful. Be grateful for that. Like express gratitude for the things that make you feel good. And if it's challenging you, if it's, if it's hard, if you're going through some hardships, you're growing, you're expanding, you're evolving. That's another beautiful thing to be grateful for. So when you can get to that place of unconditional gratitude, no matter what's happening in your life, if you're fucking locked down, if you lose your job, if you're diagnosed with a disease, you don't have to be a victim. You can realize like, hey, all right, this is an opportunity for me to really grow and evolve. And, and we've seen people in life live through even the hardest things. A, a great book is... Uh, Man's Search for Meaning, Viktor Frankl. This guy was in Auschwitz, Holocaust survivor, probably the the hell on earth. He was living through hell on earth. And he realized that he doesn't have to be a victim to his circumstances. You know, you have a choice to respond to what's happening in your life. And if you can choose to respond in a way that's like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna grow from this, I'm gonna evolve from this, this is actually a, a lesson or a teaching for me. If you can get to that place of unconditional gratitude, you're, you're free and you're, you're gonna be in heaven on earth all the time. <clears throat> yeah, what's that quote? It's don't be reactive, but be um, active. There's a better word where you're the one that's making the moves. You're doing it. You're looking at the situation, whatever happens to you, and you're deciding what to feel, what to think. Don't be one of those people that, oh, everyone else controls my life. Trump said a mean thing. I hate everything. Like, don't be that person. This is not good for you. But I freaking, I love it. I really do. I love it. I had a nice point here. Oh, about discomfort. 
the best way to figure out that that feels good to after you get it done, a good example is like when you're on like your, your eighth rep of a hard set and you can feel that yuck feeling in the back of your head like, oh, this sucks. And right when you put the bar down, like you're doing a squat, you're flooded with endorphins. You know what I mean? Or when you have the, this phone call you've been putting off for a while, you got to tell this person this and that. After you get done, you're like, wow, that wasn't too bad. And then you're like that relief feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah, that freeing feeling. And that's something, like I said, you got to be a doer with this stuff. If you do it, if you go outside that little comfort zone, you realize, first of all, it's not that scary. And second of all, like you get that high. You get the, those endorphins or whatever drug runs through your brain that, that makes you feel good. I love it. Great time. Were you expecting this when you first saw me? Or do you think I was kind of a clown? <laughs> Uh, you know, you were talking to Grant, you guys are both kind of clowns, but no, 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 good dudes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's cool to, to hear, like, it seems like you're really combining both worlds and I love that. That's something I'm all about is combining the, yeah, we can have physical abundance. Fucking, I love sports. I know you're an athlete and mix it with the spirituality and, and that's really going to help you be an, an optimal human. So it was a great conversation. Thanks for having me. We got a community here. Our whole mission is to connect the doers um, for the person listening to this. Would they be able to reach out to you? I mean, what can you give to our listeners besides this, uh, this amazing recording? Yeah, so if you want to connect with me on Instagram, the yoga general, the yoga general, I'm building an army of spiritual warriors and we do need that warrior archetype. We need, there is a battle going on against our consciousness and it's not a fight where you're fighting with violence and it's not a fight where you're fighting things that are external. You're fighting your inside, your ego, uh, that thing that always wants control or power of everything. So building this army, I'd love to have you join. That's the yoga general. And then the yogageneral.com, you can see what I offer, the 21-day breath experiment. I'm launching a coaching course actually this week called Becoming Boundless. And it's really all of these teachings that I've applied and embodied and lived in my life. So it's a, it's a, uh, it's a plan that has worked and it's been proven. And it's a, a coaching program to raise your vibration, to help you realize that you are manifesting. So let's manifest the life that you dream about, a, a life that you wake up fucking excited for. A little bold discount maybe? Yeah, we can give you a little, a little discount. Yeah, reach out if, you, if you're part of this, uh, this conversation. Reach out and, and I'll hook you up. Fantastic. And to finish this, give me a quote, something that uh, will inspire me, something that's made a difference in your life, something that uh, really kind of shapes how you live. Yeah. Rumi, he says, live as though the universe and life is rigged in your favor. Love it. Live bold. Story of the children